Have you ever thought about all the ways you could die? We have. Grab a drink that's good enough to die for. And let's get gruesome. Welcome to Drinks with Death. Yo, yo, what's up, Aaron? What's up, lovin'? It's Father's Day. What'd you guys do? Anything exciting? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, we did nothing. Um... Annika came home from soccer camp. She was at the Texas A&M soccer camp for five days. Oh yeah, I think I remember you were dro- that you were taking her down there, dropping her off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how so how was that? She had an amazing time. Um, yeah, she really did. She had a blast. She's flipping exhausted um, <laughs> right now, though. How you like your kids, though? Right? They sleep well. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> she's so. I mean, she is like bruised up she can hardly walk she came home immediately like passed out took a nap johan took a nap downstairs on the couch she took a nap so you just picked her up today this morning or i didn't even pick her up um oh carpooled it damn no my friend i didn't even leave the house my friend brought her home she actually was like if you don't want to go i will bring her home she's like i'm going and i was like oh my gosh i don't know if i can let my guilt let me uh. do this but <laughs> johan was like uh she offered let her do it my sister's like nope let her do it i was like okay. yeah so absolutely like, all right if you i'll take you up on your offer so she brought her home because it was they had to be picked up at 9 30 this morning they had a scrimmage at 7 30 this morning and then a closing closing ceremony at 9 15 and then they had to be out of the dorms by 9 45 yeah I and it's two good. hours away <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I don't want to. Oh, it, what, it wasn't on campus? I, why did I think it was on campus when you said you were taking uh, her to, it was a UT camp? No, A&M. Oh, A&M. Yeah. Why did I thought, I thought UT either. Whoa. That would have been yeah. way more convenient. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're good with the carpool on that. Yeah. yeah, let that lady bring your kid home for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, good. Um, I'm glad they all talked you into that. It's yeah. definitely the way to go. Yep, yep. How about you? What'd you guys do? A little pool um, action? Not, yeah, we just hung out at the pool. Um... Nothing. We had, you know, some poolside beverages. Nice. Uh, we played. Which we played were? A lot. What were your poolside beverages? Well, actually, we just found these canned um, Topo Chicos that are only 100 calories, and they have a, a few different flavors. Wait, but we just picked them up at HEB the other day. Uh, but they're not bad. They're really not too bad. And they're mm. so, you know, little fizzy Topo Chico, um, like yeah. a hard seltzer. Yeah, I. they look so good because I love Topo Chico, but then I'd heard... People say they're like, eh, they're okay. They're not as as fizzy as you would think. Like, Topo I mean, so listen, fizzy, Topo Chico is so... so good. They're not great, 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 but a hundred calories. And if is... you added some Topo to them, they'd probably be really good. <laughs> yeah, well, they're very. The flavor is very light, okay. so it's not very flavor. They're not very flavorful to begin with. So I don't know if adding it would really help you out much. But anyways, they were fine. They're they're a good pool, little poolside light drink. Um, and we played a lot of Marco Polo. We were able to get the bigger <laughs> bigger kids in the pool. We had some water balloon fights. So, And then we had steak. Ryan wanted steak nice. and uh, mashed potatoes and sautéed mushrooms and oh, Brussels sprouts for dinner. Oh, it was goodness. quite the feast. And I honestly, I've been tr- like really, really trying so hard to like eat super, super well for the last few weeks because mm-hmm. we're about to go on this trip. And, you know, I, I mean, I've doing so good and then I just like ate 
at dinner tonight and I was like, I feel so horrible. I was like, is this what I used to feel like when I just ate before? Because it still terrible. Yeah. Well, Anyways. It was lots of vegetables. I had a little meat. <laughs> One vegetable. I didn't have any potato. I actually just had meat, the salad, and some Brussels sprouts and I still felt terrible. So mm. I don't know what what the hell. Who knows? Yeah, I felt really sick after dinner last night, so I'm glad we didn't end up recording because I... Oh, you guys went out, right? We just went to Hardeen, but I felt so sick afterwards. I think I just way overdid it. You think they're... Oh, I was wondering if there was some gluten No, I think I was starving, and then I just went to town on the chips and queso and the margaritas, and Mm -hmm. then I had more taco than I normally have, and... I was just like, afterwards. More taco. That's what everybody wants, some more taco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, what's going on? I think you're up this week. What, what, what are we doing? Are I we am, about? yeah. Okay, so I found this uh, delicious, I'm, I'm drinking it, sipping on it right now. I'm sure you are too, but it's so yummy. Well, I was about co- to, but I was like, no, I'm going to wait until she talks about it. I know, we were supposed to wait, but <laughs> sorry, I didn't. Uh, delicious little cocktail, summery light. It's called the Cotton Gin for okay. our Death by Cotton episode tonight. Ooh. So in a shaker, I muddled uh, one cucumber slice. Well, I actually did a double drink, so... Oh. So I did two, but okay. So the recipe is one cucumber slice, one to two lime wedges, a basil leaf, and then about two ounces of gin. So you muddle that together in a shaker. Then you add some ice, shake it, strain it into a rocks glass over ice, and then top it with a little tonic. Um, And then you can garnish it with cucumber and basil if you want. And I think this drink is delicious. What do you think? Mm. It is very refreshing. Very I don't know refreshing. what it is about cucumber in a drink makes you feel like you're at uh, the spa. Yeah, and I don't, well, it's because all that cucumber water at spas. But I also think it's very, like, I don't know. I always think cucumber and gin go really well together. Um, so when I, I muddled it and I shook it and then I strained it, and it looked so refreshing. I was like, oh, I'm going to take a sip first. And I took a sip. I was like, ooh, that was good just on its own. I mean, without yes, even, even without adding the tonic. the tonic. And I am not a big tonic person because there's so so much sugar in it. I do not like the sugar. Um, yeah, I have a di- I have a diet tonic. I was about to say that I mm. use a diet. I always use a diet tonic, but then it has that little kind of sits on the sides of your tongue with that fake sugar the aspartame. F- yeah, whatever. flavor. Yeah. So I think it would be better with a real. And I didn't put very much. I didn't tonic. either. I didn't either. Um, but you know what? I think you could. I think you could do club soda too. Oh yeah, I, think you could I definitely do a splash think of you club soda and you'd be good. But it's really it is very refreshing. I absolutely think you do club soda, for sure. So I found this recipe on the Three Brothers Distillery website, mm. and this is like a small batch distillery out of Virginia, and they actually call themselves like a craft distillery, similar okay. to like a craft beer. Nice, um, and because they only use like very old traditional recipes, like pre-prohibition era. Which and was where like, is this? Like, in Virginia? Virginia, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like pre-1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, it's pretty cool. And one of the thing, the most interesting things I was reading, I had never heard of this before, but the gin that they distill at Three Brothers, which uh, admittedly is not the gin I'm using in my drink tonight, but um, it was described as being a navel strength gin. Have you ever heard that term before? Uh, no. I had never <laughs> heard that before. So it's called a navel strength or... Um, let me see what else. I, I might have deleted that. 
okay, so basically back in the in the days when they were sailing ships, like the British Royal Navy ships, warships, pirates. Um, so thinking about uh, back in those times. So the gin and rum were stored in wooden barrels together in with the gunpowder below deck. Mm, mm-hmm. So if the gin and rum barrels started to leak and they were soaking into the gunpowder, the alcohol content of the of these gin and rum needed to be really high. Um, so that any so that the gunpowder would still burn if they were soaked in this in liquor. Uh-huh. So a navy naval strength gin has to be at least fifty seven percent or one hundred and fourteen proof. So hmm. it's much higher. Like normal gins are like between eighty and ninety proof. So this is this is a lot higher proof, a lot stronger. But I thought it was so interesting reading huh. about it. Um, some of them were even saying that like the um, so there are a couple of different stories I came up across for why they call it a naval strength gen, but that was one. And then the other one was that if you were on one of these ships and you were going to buy your liquor from somebody, um, that you did there was no way to measure the alcohol content to be sure what you were buying was actual like high grade, good quality alcohol, good quality gin, good quality rum. So some, they were saying that sometimes they would combine it with the gunpowder to make a paste. Oh, my God. And then they would test it to see if it would ignite. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And if it ha- if it did, if it had enough alcohol, if it if it if the alcohol content kind of was high enough, the gunpowder would still ignite. And then they knew they had a really good gin or a oh, really good rum. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Worth drinking if you can light it on fire with your gunpowder. Holy crap. <laughs> Well, okay, so where I thought you were going with this, which wouldn't make any sense, but still, I was like, hmm. So I was just talking to Marielle about this, <laughs> but she, we were talking about the word shit, and I was like, huh. so I heard that the origins of this word came from back in the day when you were, you know, traveling by sea. On a ship. Uh-huh, right. When you right. were um, having to transport your, you know, human waste, if it was oh. stored too low, it would it would be combustible and flammable. Oh. And so they would put ship high oh. in transit, S-H-I-T, and that's where it came from. I have no idea if this is true if that's accurate i never actually interesting somewhere and just thought it was really where did you possibly hear the story though like idea that's so weird it was i don't know probably somewhere super fake so a store (laughs) what is it what high in ship ship high high in transit transit. shit not sugar honey iced tea good to know (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah okay so let, let's get gruesome. Cheers. Okay, you cheers, ready? Clink. ready? Yeah, Clink, you ready to dive into some death by cotton? I am. I want to know how in the world you die by cotton. Oh, there are actually many ways, oh. as we know. Many ways to die by anything. Um, okay, so while we're on sort of a historic note, let's uh, stick stick with that. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the cotton gin, also okay. the drink we're drinking. Um, it is known or... A, talked about or discussed as one of the most deadly mechanic or technologic advancements um, ever. Hmm. So Eli Whitney patented the cotton gin in 1794. Now, just to be clear, I said patented it, not Mm -hmm. invented it. Mm -hmm. I remember him, I remember learning, and granted, I would have learned about this like decades ago, but I thought he 
invented it, but actually he just patented it. And okay. he ended up making no money off of it at all, off of that patent at all, because it ended up being very easy to replicate and very easy to for farmers to make themselves at their own farms. Mm-hmm. The, the, it wasn't a complicated piece of machinery at all. Uh, but there does appear to be some discrepancy about who actually invented it. There are some um, stories and thoughts to support the fact that there was a woman that was working on a farm that uh, he went to work at that farm subsequently after she'd been working there for a while and she had the idea. Then there were also some slaves, some actual like um, slaves that actually tested the gin, the cotton gin and should should have definitely been given credit for I mean when you invent anything you have to have some, you usually are going to test it or somebody's going to test it out mm-hmm. but that's part of the invention right is getting it right so are you going to talk it, about what the cotton gin actually does and how it yes. operates okay all right so what it yeah so what it does is actually separates the seed from mm-hmm. the lint okay it was very difficult for the seeds to be removed from the lint um, it was painstaking work required hours and hours of work to produce one pound of cotton lint and then the gin once it was invented could produce more than 50 pounds of lint per day Mm. so it was a huge um, success as far as making cotton more accessible Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it became dramatically cheaper and it shifted more and more of the acreage in the south the cotton farms in the south to um, farming cotton as opposed to farming anything else because mm-hmm. it was so highly profitable. Mm-hmm. So these large-scale plantations started to grow across the South. Uh, they became very common and you know, any, all the way actually from North Carolina, like across Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, all the way Texas, even into West Texas, or I'm sorry, East Texas. Um, but if you can imagine, I mean, the people that were working these farms were African-American or African slaves, right? Mm-hmm. So they were coming in large scale plantation agriculture um, was it, it just increased the demand for slaves exponentially. So overall, the slave population in the South from before the patent before the patent um, of the cotton gin was 700,000 and afterwards was more than 3 million in 1850. Oh my. So that's the increasing of, yeah, I mean, just, just an exponential growth. Yeah. In, yeah. Were you going to say something? Sorry. I felt like I was cutting you off. No, Marielle's just started playing the piano in the background. So I was oh. trying to tell them to, <laughs> So you were stop. distracted. Please okay, stop got playing it. the piano. Got it, got it, got okay. it. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I thought I heard it. It was lovely. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think this is, especially right now, I mean, 2021 and 2020, there's been a lot of talk about um, what it means to be black in America. Mm-hmm. And when people say that the U.S. economy was built on the backs of enslaved black people, mm-hmm. the cotton industry is exactly mm-hmm. what they are talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the personal and uh, national wealth that just was growing and growing and growing around white people mm-hmm. was completely created at the expense of enslaved black people's lives. Mm-hmm. And there's just no way to calculate how many lo- how many black lives were lost mm-hmm. um, due to the cotton gin, whether it was Ugh. en route to the U.S., whether it was enslaved black people who were who died or killed while in the U.S. Um, but I mean, we, when you think about this and talk about going from 700,000 to 3 million, 
is just it's just a remarkable and gut-wrenching and sickening number mm-hmm. and you there's no way that you could think of the cotton gin as not being one of the most deadly inventions it's ever been yeah right? yeah so Ugh. i don't know I, I don't know if you remember learning about the cotton gin like that in school but i definitely didn't it was very eye-opening for me yeah and i was super super thankful to be reading about it mm-hmm. and be educating myself about mm-hmm. um about this topic in particular yeah it was really interesting oh gosh that's that's heavy <laughs> yeah it is heavy i it is but it's good we need to know yeah. these things you know especially being you know being white in america absolutely we, yeah we really need to know what what the history of these events were and keep them in our mind always so that we can do better and be better right yeah, well, I think this is something that you, you know, you need to talk about. You need to hear about. You have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You really, and you we, do. Yeah, for sure. Talk to our kids about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just need to keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that was pretty heavy. Um. Just as a little side note about the cotton gin, another interesting side note about the cotton gin, and especially having to do with enslaved black people, um, they're, they know for sure that the cotton gin actually killed, physically killed a lot of people as mm-hmm. well. Um, it, now, it was, it was mostly these enslaved black people that were that were using this machinery in the beginning. And it was, uh, it's kind of hard to describe. We'll, we'll put a picture on our Instagram of it. But it's basically like um, these, this metal machinery that pulls the cotton in. But if it gets, if it ever gets stuck, then you, you have to, it just keeps moving. Oh, God. So if it gets stuck, Ugh. you have to manually go in and pull out whatever is stuck in it. So like go in, that, like, like with put your a hand, hand in? Like with okay. your hand. Yes, oh. I'm sorry. Yes, with your hand. So we know that there were, this is a story. I don't know for sure if this person was white, but I'm, I can, I would willing to bet my life on it because there's a news story about it. Um, in 1913 in North Carolina um my point before I read this is that I'm guessing that there were a lot more enslaved black people that had this happen to them but it was never in the news Mm -hmm. right right yeah um so this is Mr. Fairley Colbreth this news short very short little news article this is directly from a newspaper clipping it's kind of cool this website that I found newspapers.com that actually shows like almost like a microfiche do you remember those oh yeah yeah yeah, so it's almost like that. It's like directly a replication of the exact newspaper page, and then you can go through and click on different articles and blow them up uh, so you can see them more clearly. But mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's a pretty cool website. Uh, so Mr. Fairley Colbreth met with an awful death. Well, skip that part. Uh, the, so the gin, so the gin became choked up, meaning it got stuck with some of the some of the seed and lint. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Colbreth, to clean it out, he ran his hand and arm mm. into the machine. Mm when the machinery caught him and literally oh, dragged no, him no, in. No, oh God, oh God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, his, so his shoulder and arm Mm-mm. were crushed Mm-mm. and then his head was beaten against the sides of the gin until a hole was oh, pierced in it. Oh. Yeah, so the report, it says, the report is that other hands working at the gin became frightened and ran off, oh. leaving Mr. Colbert entangled in the machinery. Oh. Some persons pass. Some persons in passing heard his cries, went to his relief, and got him out. Mm. 
So his arm was amputated, but relief came for him too late, and oh. he bled to death okay. the next night. I was going to say, he, died. he survived? What? Nope. He was 32 <laughs> okay. years old. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wife and two kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah, yeah. horrific. I don't even know. I don't even know if he bled to death from that amputation or if it was like internal bleeding. I mean, who the hell knows? Or the hole in your head? <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. Like internal, like bleeding in his yeah. brain. Or, oh, I don't know, but holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm pretty sure there are a lot more of these stories unaccounted for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the cotton gin. Oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. I feel bad drinking this drink now. <laughs> I know. I said that to Ryan. I was like, I'm making this drink, but I like... I didn't, when I, I found right. it, I, I just didn't realize what, I don't know, shame on me for sure for not remembering, if I even learned this in school, I don't know. I grew up in Oklahoma, so God knows what I actually mm-hmm. learned. Right. But, um, but shame on me for not knowing that. And I've been telling my kids about it all week. I'm like, did you know this about the cotton gin? Because you need to know this. And even my mm-hmm. husband, I was like, did you know this about this? Because I don't remember learning this. He's like, yeah, I feel like I might have learned it. And he grew up in Texas, but yeah. I don't know. So, all right. Well, Lord. I know. Let's just rename the drink because it's good. So, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a drink like this at a at a restaurant here. Um, cover two. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. A, what is it? The press. The the, the, the cover, cover two, two press. press. Yeah yeah yeah. It's incredibly similar oh, to this drink. You're right. Yeah. Incredibly similar. So why don't we just call it the press? Because okay, I'm, yeah. I'm over the cotton gin. No, cr- no right? credit given to no, you anymore, no, no, cotton no, gin. No. no, you've been canceled, cotton gin. Canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Canceled. All right, so this next one is another thing I've been talking to my husband about. Uh, so this is a woman, 37 years old. I'm not sure where she's from. Her name is Jasmine. But so she had been suffering from hearing loss and infuriating noise in her left ear on and off for years. And she was getting pretty bad earaches too. Do you have any idea what I'm about to talk about? I'm a little scared. A little scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's cotton. It's cotton. Uh huh. Any guesses? Yes. In the the ears? Yes. I'm scared. Go ahead. So she. This is why you shouldn't clean your ears with Q-tips. Yes, she cleans her ears every night with 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 cotton swabs or Mm Q-tips. Every night she has been for years. So her hearing problems were so bad that she was saying she she said in this article that she can hardly hear her own children when they're talking to her. Oh, maybe I will start using Q-tips every night. I know that's what I thought. I was like, oh shit, girl, I wouldn't be complaining about that. Damn. Because she just left them in there. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Little earplugs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, okay. So eventually she headed to the doctor. She eventually, you know, they all talked to her and go to the doctor. So she went. She, they gave her antibiotics for an ear infection, but nothing changed at all. So then she started noticing as she would clean her ears every night, like a brownish discharge Ew. at the end of it. And then Gross. blood. Yeah. Theory. And then blood started appearing. Um she went and took a hearing test, and uh, she was suffering from moderate deafness in her left ear. Oh, just insane. Um, so they did it. They ended up sending her to a ENT, an ear, nose, and throat doctor. So they did a CT scan at the ENT, and this is what the okay. doctor, the ENT, said to her: "You should have come to see me four or five years ago." <sighs> 
Uh-oh. She had a severe bacterial infection that was eating away at her skull oh. that was just behind her ear. Oh. From the cotton? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Did she die? Without the surgery, no, she oh. did not. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad she didn't die, but not to disappoint or anything. I but mean... it was in, just like a near death. Okay, all right. Uh, but there, okay, just hold, bear with me. So without without the surgery, the infection could have eaten right through to her brain. It would have oh. eaten that skull right through to her brain. So, uh, so the fibers of the cotton had actually been, you know, slowly sort of flaking not flaking away I don't know wisping away Mm -hmm, into her ear mm -hmm. and being left there and just breeding this infection it kept getting fed by this cotton basically um it was it was they think that it was probably there and festering for as long as five years and the skull the bone behind her ear was just paper thin so she just narrowly missed death by this for sure so in her she has permanent hearing damage um right i mean just what is going on oh my god that is insane so i mean okay so is there anything else that she's suffering from besides the hearing loss no just the hearing loss okay so the the bacterial infection was able to be sort of main you know they i think they had to go and like surgically remove this mass um they did they had to go and surgically remove it and it's just I would think if hearing loss is the only repercussion from all that, that you're that's pretty lucky. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. That's what I'm saying is that that's just crazy. But this Q-tip thing is like I f- okay, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but like <laughs> I think there's actually a Q-tip conspiracy going on. Like what? I really do. Okay, so I was I found this article in the Washington Post. It's actually it's I mean it's the whole article. It's long and it's actually all about q-tips believe it or not um so it starts off by saying that q-tips are kind of one of the most perplexing things for sale in america that they're one of the only if not the only major consumer product whose main purpose is precisely the one the manufacturer explicitly warns against so everyone knows that q-tip is for cleaning out your ears but on the package it says don't put this in your ear Huh. Weird, right? Super weird. Okay, so it get so every box of Q-tips does come with a uh, warning on it. It says, do not insert in your canal or something like that, right? Um, variations on that. But everyone knows, especially those who look into people's ears for a living, like doctors, that many, if not most, flat out ignore this warning completely. So, but it gets a little bit weirder. Oh. So... The, so the Consumer Product Safety Commission tracks injuries associated with all sorts of household goods, including cotton balls, right? Mm-hmm. Not, co- not Q-tips, but co- not cotton swabs, but cotton balls. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, for reasons that are unclear, track those associated with cotton sl- swabs. Hmm. I think, I actually think <laughs> that nobody is tracking cotton swab injuries because they're so numerous that we oh. wouldn't be able to have cotton swabs anymore if they actually kept track of it that's my conspiracy theory nut nut quack weirdo stuff for this episode <laughs> well i was about to ask what is the point of a cotton swab if you don't clean your ear hole out with it but i guess you you know you said that it's for applying medication 
medication, taking like like you you know like we were doing for COVID, like uh, in the early days, using a cotton swab to go up the nose to get. Yeah, but that's uh, not what you get when you buy your cotton swabs at the store no, and you use you're it. You're not home. you're not using it to apply medications or take specimens from a patient when you buy your cotton swabs when you buy your Q-tips. It's pretty weird. Like, I was like, wait a minute. So no one's tracking this. I'm pretty sure because if we were tracking it, then we wouldn't. I mean, this is so this is a screenshot from the Consumer Product Safety Mm, Commission. mm -hmm, Okay. So it tracks injuries associated with all sorts of household goods, including cotton balls, but not cotton swabs. Okay. Weird. Um, Yeah. Super weird. So the screenshot below is from their website. The Mm -hmm. numbers are item codes. Oh yeah, their item codes not so. We'll put the screenshot on the on there too, um, on the Instagram. But the the numbers next to it are not injury totals, but they're just item codes uh, for reporting purposes. But it says cotton balls use manicuring devices. Then it says cotton candy machine use appliances. Others are not stated. Then it says cotton tipped swabs do not report. What? Yeah, like we don't want to know about your injuries having to do with cotton swabs. Like I, on my life, I don't know what kind of like lobbying committee the cotton swabs have, but dude, for real. And if you read this whole article from the Washington Post, like there are doctors, just I mean, all of them saying this is the worst thing that you can use, the worst thing you could do. I mean. They just there can't be enough warnings from them about do not use this in your ears. Don't use it in your ears. But they still continue every day to get numerous injury complaints about people who have used cotton swabs inside of their ears. That's crazy. I remember I had a friend and his it was his girlfriend at the time, it's now his wife, but I remember she said something. She was talking about cotton swabs and cleaning out her ears and I thought it was the weirdest conversation because she was like oh I just want to clean my ears out every day with a cotton (gasps) swab but I know it's so bad for you so I don't and I was like I just thought that was the weirdest statement wait no it no 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 no. it's not actually here listen to this uh I don't even know if I highlighted that part in this article because it talks like an itch like an itch scratch like uh cycle like it's like like it's like addictive like you you crave yes it. like you you're oh my it, it, God. Just, it feels so good to put the q-tip in there and scratch it so you your body almost like repeats the itch so that you'll do it again you know what i mean like it's this where does it say that oh my, oh my god gosh. i don't ever feel an itch but every once in a while i'll just be like i'm just gonna clean my ear out and it feels so good but now yeah. i don't think i'll ever do that again no i don't think you wow. should but listen to this too this one says so in 1990 a piece published in the Washington Post, earlier one than this one, joked that telling people to use swabs on the outer surfaces of the ear without entering the ear canal, which is what it says on the Q-tip box. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but as Q-tip actually, it was akin to asking smokers to dangle cigarettes <laughs> from their lips without ever lighting them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we continue yeah, to, right. to twist Q-tips in our ears uh-huh. thanks to a simple truth. It feels great. Our ears are filled with sensitive nerve ending, which sends signals to various other parts of our bodies. Tickling their insides triggers all sorts of visceral pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
here it is. But there's more. Using Q-tips leads to what dermatologists refer to as the itch-scratch cycle, a self-perpetrating, self-perpetuating addiction of sorts. The more you use them, the more your ears itch. And the more your, your ears itch, the more you use them. Oh, my God. And the more you know. Yeah. Dun, dun, so here, dun. Here's the last thing that I'll tell you about this is that um, earwax is very similar to tears. Both of them help lubricate and protect. So wax does something similar just like a tear does for the eye. Um, and, and inside your ear, the skin is very fragile and thin. Mm-hmm. So and it's very, very close to your brain and your meninges. So oh. it's just an area that we really shouldn't be poking and jabbing <laughs> around in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, people. So let's just put the Q-tips away. Have you seen those um, sort of zero waste swabs? It's like a reusable oh. swab. Yes, I have seen these. I have, they're, they're, but they're almost like plasticky at the end, aren't they? They have a weird texture at the end of them. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not cotton for sure. No, not cotton. But I guess you shouldn't use those either. I always mm. thought it was kind of gross. I'm like, why would well, you want to have a... Ugh. Like, I have a medicine that I put on my face at night that's uh, kind of, as it ages, like, not that it's supposed to age like a fine wine or a steak or anything, <laughs> but like, as it gets older, as it sits on my you know bathroom counter for Mm -hmm. longer it kind of starts it goes from this like uh light light brown color to like almost an orangish color and Mm -hmm. then as i use it if i use it on my hands it starts to stay in my face stay in my fingers Mm -hmm. my my fingers so i actually do use a cotton swab to apply that all over my face Mm. every other night so so a cotton swab like that a reusable one will be good for some someone like me who uses Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. not for your ears right but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that would really be any better because what they talk about with the cotton swab is that you're not only are pieces of the cotton fiber actually coming off in your ear, which is where that infection can fester, which it did with poor Jasmine, um, but also that you're just shoving that wax. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like shoving that, it back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wax will drain out naturally mm-hmm. if you allow it to. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know about the. The reusable cotton swab. I don't think it's worth it because if you don't clean it properly, that's some nasty ass. Well, shit yeah, right exactly. You definitely have to sanitize it. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what that thing is. Is it silicone? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it is. I think yeah. it is too. I know. I think I always heard you just you just when you're in the shower, you run your ear under the water. You just let it kind of. If you're if you have if you feel like you need to clean your ear out, I don't know yeah. where I read that or if that was. Um, <laughs> recommended by they... a doctor but i just remember reading that at some point you just kind of run it under some water and then you know turn your head and drain it out and then do the other side yeah one of these doctors actually recommended in that same article i believe but was that the candling have you what i think is what it's called candling oh, this sounds scary no pour it's wax like into it <laughs> oh my god we're gonna have to look up what it is because <laughs> i candling sounds scary no, it, it it's like a Stick like a, a cone shaped candle. thing. No, it's like a cone shaped thing. I don't know. I shouldn't even have said it because I don't really know what it is. <laughs> but I just remember like my, dropping my jaw when I read that he, a doctor suggested that damn thing because I thought it, that thing was like a hoax, like just a bullshit like 
didn't do anything for you but okay forget i said anything about candling okay it's nothing all right don't do that don't do that either people noted all right <laughs> all right so here's our next way cotton can kill you and oh, this okay. one might even be more messed up than the last one so maybe you've heard this 2013-14 was when this was kind of getting some steam luckily thank the good lord it died off uh but it's called the cotton ball diet what? And it was used primarily by models. Um, there was even Eddie Murphy's daughter, um, who is a model, was – I found an interview that she had given where she's talking about it. Um, she's not saying that she does it, but she's saying she's familiar with people who routinely will use this. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they dip a cotton ball in – Orange juice, I think, is, was the primary mm-hmm. uh, thing they were dipping in it. But dipping it's kind of juice and then swallowing it. And there are YouTube, like, you can see YouTube videos of kids, like, teenagers online, like, trying it. Trying out this, like, <sighs> cotton ball diet. So, basically, they're doing it just to put something in their belly. It's just another what? form of uh, restrictive dieting, right? Where you're just not allowing yourself to have any cal- any real calories. Um, you just take a tablespoon of juice? I yeah mean, just drink the juice that's right. what i thought too like just why can't you just drink the juice and skip the cotton ball but the cotton ball so, i mean i guess the theory was that the cotton ball is you know takes up more space in your belly so eating you know five to seven cotton balls was better than drinking oh, a couple teaspoons of juice but uh-huh. and, I, and i didn't find anyone who actually died from this but there are lots of articles about and news stories lots of news stories about saying with doctors on them saying this can cause blockages in your oh, GI tract yeah. because you can't pass a fucking cotton ball. No. And also, they're they're filled with bleach and chemicals. Like the, oh. What they use to actually make and process a, a cotton for a cotton ball is also could be potentially toxic. Um, crazy. That, yeah. Never. Oof. I mean, of all the diets, right? Like, I thought the tapeworm one was the weirdest one, but this one actually... <laughs> This one, I think, got got it. This one won it for me. Uh, I was not expecting to come across this when I was researching cotton. See, I just feel like you should know that it's not a good idea to eat cotton balls. I mean, you should, but man, especially teenagers, I feel like, are just very prone to these being susceptible to Mm -hmm. these wacky dieting ideas that are just so so out there just so far beyond anything Mm -hmm. you think anybody would do yeah but i think it's not even i think now it's not even dieting ideas it's just oh look at this crazy thing i saw on tiktok oh yeah like (laughs) right like the cinnamon yeah remember the cinnamon one where people were like inhaling or cinnamon or something because they were trying to swallow like and then the dry, did you hear about that girl did the dry, what was it, the dry protein workout? So she took a protein powder and just took the powder, didn't mix it with water like you're supposed to, just swallowed what? it, and then she had a heart no. attack. She she no. swallowed it, went to the gym to do her workout, and she had a heart attack. <laughs> it's like, well, your body is, your, your, it was just too much. Like concentrate. Yeah, There's way not, too much to concentrate. Dilute. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I did not hear that. Yeah. Um, so I just want to throw in here in the middle of this that death by cotton mouth, the snake. 
was something that I thought was going to be rather obvious in a Death by Cotton episode, but I don't want anyone to think I didn't think of Death by Cottonmouth, because I did, but it just is very, very unusual. Really? I guess, yeah, I guess Cottonmouths are just one of the, they're, they are venomous, they're a venomous snake, but like the last person that I could find on record that, they had, that had died from a Cottonmouth bite was in 2015, it was a guy that was, I don't remember what city he was from now, but he had been bitten twice, once on each leg. He went home. He was waiting in some kind of some waters, and he went home and uh, didn't feel well. But his did he know he had been bit? Yes. Okay. His hmm. whoever he was living with told him, you know, encouraged him to go to the hospital or to seek medical attention. Good. He ignored. He ignored them. That's bad. And he died. Mm. Um, the next day, but when they did the autopsy, because they weren't a hundred percent sure, they found lethal levels of oxycodone. Um, mm. they found hydrocodone. They found so they they really still are not sure actually how he died. Did yeah. he die from mm-hmm. the cotton mouth bites, or did he die from these other um, lethal levels of different chemicals in his body? So. And that, and then beyond that, it was like many years before that. The the next one I could find. So cotton mouth. It seems like, I mean, listen, if you get bit by a cotton mouth, don't do what that dude did because it might kill you. Go ahead and go to the doctor. Go to the hospital. Get some anti venom and mm-hmm. move along with your life. But but it also seems like like there were some like um, other snakes. <laughs> I'm really terrible about snakes. <laughs> but there, I was reading about that would like drop people dead in 15 minutes. Oh and I was like, God. what the hell? I didn't even know that. Was it that like the was black really... mamba? No, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't exotic. God, I don't want to say it because people are going to laugh at me if I get this wrong. But it was like a, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a common, like not a common snake, like, you know, like a Texas rat snake or anything like that. It was a venomous snake, but it wasn't. I don't want to say. I don't want okay. to say anymore. All right. Because I don't know what it was. But I remember turning to Ryan when I was reading it and being like, whoa, did you know that this snake that's pretty commonly found in Texas can just like flat out kill you in 15 minutes? And he was like, yeah, you shouldn't mess with those. No, thanks. Okay. Oh, great. Hey, thanks for okay, the advice. So it wasn't a cotton mouth. <laughs> no. Copperhead? No. I don't, I don't. Did you know that rattlesnakes have stopped, rat- they're evolving to stop rattling to because what? yes so i believe i don't know if this is true this is what someone said that because of the uh the boar situation the wild hog the wild hogs the wild hog situation here that they are kind of adapting and so they stop rattling so they don't know that they're there what is that crazy no i did not That's, know that I definitely did not know that. Yeah. That is. That's terrifying. (laughs) I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to come across one where it's rattling or not rattling. But yeah. But yeah, that's insane. I do love that, though. I mean, I kind of love that. Just evolution. and Evolution is so amazing. It is is interesting. (laughs) Okay. So here is my very last. And most is there a death in here? Because there has not been a lot of death by cotton here, besides the cotton gin, which was kind of this last and one is a death. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know. I know we only had some near is deaths there. I but... shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. No, I'm glad <laughs> that your death. <laughs> no, it's what by we're cotton doing. Did and... not involve any death. Everyone survived. <laughs> well, there <laughs> are lots of things that, that could have killed you. 
could have killed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> near deaths, but yes, I know it's a, it's a little weak in the death department, but still, I feel like good, interesting, fascinating stories to discuss. Yes. Okay, this last one is definitely a death, and it is horrific. So oh I saved the best for last. Okay, I guess All if right. you want to think about it that way, it's also one of those deaths that we, you know, got this idea for the podcast for one of those freak accident deaths. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so this happened in Tokyo, and there was um, a, a mom who was at a fair in Tokyo with her four-year-old little boy, and he was eating a stick of cotton candy off of a wooden chopstick. And mm-hmm. she was actually, she wasn't next to him when this ha- happened, but she was working at the, fe- at the festival as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, and her son tripped. Mm-hmm. With the chopstick mm. in his mouth, Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. it went into his mouth, mm. and are you, are you all right? Yes, go ahead. I <laughs> know this, is, this is, you said you wanted this. I know. <laughs> Didn't know it would be a child. <laughs> so sorry. I know. It is hard when it's a child, but it's, it's okay. Mm. Um, so it actually went and poked a hole basically in the roof of his mouth. Oh. So he went to the doctor and eventually in the story, which I'm not going to get into all this stuff, but the, the family actually sued this doctor mm. for basically negligence or malpractice for not, um, giving a thorough examination, mm-hmm. I'll say. So he, applied some antiseptic to his throat where there was kind of a gap where he saw like kind of a gash in his mm-hmm. throat mm-hmm. no x-rays or cts were carried out whatsoever um and then he the boy it's reported in this story that the boy was barely conscious and was vomiting continuously but was only given this treatment to this <laughs> spot on the upper part of his palate um, and then w- then was released shortly thereafter. And then he died at home the next morning. Oh. So the autopsy actually found that the chopstick section. Oh, no. Um, it was still in there. Yeah. A oh. part of it had broken off and was lodged in his cerebellum. Oh. Oh, my God. That mm-hmm. is horrific. Mm-hmm. How... Do you not? It was a 7.6 centimeter broken chopstick section lodged in his brain. my God. Seven inches? No, no, no. 7.6 centimeters. Oh, centimeters. You said centimeters. (laughs) You said that. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Not that big. But, I mean, in his cerebellum. I mean, you're still a cerebellum. Seriously, still. That's, oh, my God. How would you not? He didn't see it. So I think it was, it broke off in there. It went through. But how would you not just, oh, I don't know. Do a CT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the kid's what vomiting and uh, to, I, I think he actually, this happened in 1999. The article that I'm reading is from 2008, but okay. I think that's just when the lawsuit finally got, they cl- they cleared. They cleared yeah. the hospital. They The lawsuit ended up clearing the doctor saying that, you know, that maybe he should have done these things, but the truth is the boy would have died anyways. Even if they had found that section of chopstick, that the result wouldn't have been any different. Mm-hmm. Is what I mean. This uh, this is Japan. I don't know exactly how things work there. Obviously, I don't. I don't know exactly. I don't know anything about how things work there. But um, it sounds to me like they basically ruled saying that 
and he would have died anyways. Yeah. The boy would have died anyways. But it went, yeah, but it pierced through. I mean, this is literally, I can't think of a better example of every parent's nightmare. Ugh, no kidding. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, when you think about your kid running around with something in their hand, it's mm-hmm. either... You either think of it going into their eye mm-hmm. or into their mouth mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. somehow into their brain, mm-hmm. which you just think to yourself you're being crazy. Like, that could never happen. Well, mm-hmm. it can. And it showed it to oh. this poor, poor little four-year-old boy. Oh, my God. That's, ugh. All right. There you go. You wanted the death. I didn't. I, I bring I, you I, the death. I, I rescind my <laughs> comment. I take it all back. <laughs> I can't take it back now. I can't take it back. I'm sorry. That's awful. Yeah, it was really terrible. Mm, sorry um, for him. I know. Seriously. That was death by cotton candy. That was cotton candy on the end of that chop- chopstick in case you guys missed that part. Maybe I could yeah. get my kids to stop eating cotton candy now. Wait, do they actually eat a lot of cotton candy? No, but they still love it. And I'm like, that is like the most disgusting thing ever. Because it's not even the, the, the fresh spun cotton candy that they eat. It's oh. they see the bag. They're like, can I get a bag? Oh. I'm like, no, that is just, it's just, it's just a bag yeah. of very sugar. I don't know. It's but so I was gross. actually reading about, okay, I don't have this, this info pulled up in front of me because I decided to leave it out of this episode, but um, I was reading about if you could actually die by eating sugar, like literally mm-hmm. if, sh- if cotton candy could kill you, because I was thinking that cotton candy is like really sugary, right? Yeah. But it's actually not because it's aerated. Okay. So much that it's so actually not. So I shouldn't worry not, about it so much? No, I'm not, I'm not saying just let your kids have a free Well, no, but I shouldn't freak out. Well, I don't know. Look at the bag. I don't know what bag you're talking about. <laughs> I don't want to give you any advice here. <laughs> Maybe the Gatorade they your kids diets, but yeah, I'm just saying that the, I was surprised that the cotton candy at the sugar level of cotton candy because I guess because it's aerated and spun, right, it's, it yeah. is it is just sugar, mm-hmm. but it's it's so you know what I mean. So it's light. so like yeah, light yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So it might not be the worst thing they could eat. I think a lot of co- – I think you, if you look at it, I think you'll find that a lot of, like, uh, candy bars and stuff have more sugar. Mm-hmm. But that sugar is also balanced by some – like a Snickers bar has some protein in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, As yeah, opposed yeah. to just straight sugar. So I guess it depends on how you want to ruin them exactly, your kids, that is. <laughs> well, it's amazing how crappy they eat because I feel oh. like I'm a pretty healthy person and I've tried mm-hmm. really hard and they just – that's teenagers for you though but I, I think back on my own teenage days and i i feel like exactly the same way that's exactly how i lived i my did life. i ate like so. crap i know it was disgusting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys i um accidentally misplaced one of my tabs and there was a death by cotton swab but i got a little flustered and couldn't find it so i, I knew it <laughs> i knew i knew there was two god i know i was like what the like, in my mind, I was like, what the hell? I know there was somebody who died. Because remember, in the, I said, like, just wait. We'll get there. And then I was like, oh, God, where's the dab? I know. I was like, where's the death? I need some, we need a little more death here. Okay, so let me <laughs> add in a little more death. Uh, so this is in Quebec, Canada. Um, this was a 43-year-old man who died of meningitis-induced intracranial complications caused by a bacterial ear infection that he developed after he accidentally pierced his eardrum with a cotton swab while trying to treat a painful earache. 
So the coroner's office in Quebec actually um, wrote a report and was asking for stronger um, consumer warnings on the pa- on the packaging. Um, if anybody has a, I mean, we probably all have a Q-tip box in our house, but I, I looked at the one in my house and it's actually, the warning is very small and, and actually kind of difficult to find. Like it's not on the back where it talks about all the, where, you know, all the uses for the Q-tip. It's on like the side of it. Like it's just not, it's not very, diff- it's pretty it's not obvious. So he was mm-hmm. suggesting, this coroner in Quebec was suggesting, he said, I, I quote, I think we should go one step further and maybe have a pictogram on the package with a little ear and a red <laughs> X mark on it. I was like, oh, that would definitely be more effective. Um, Everyone be like, well, what do I do with it then? <laughs> definitely, Isn't this what it's for? <laughs> I know. I'd be like, I'm throwing this shit out then. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Uh, another article I was reading about it said that one, this is it says once you start moving the wax inside the ear, you are basically changing the pH of the ins- of the ear inside the external canal. Then this makes it easier for infection to be brought in. So that, that pH, I guess, controls the bacterial sort of load in the middle ear. So once you mess with that external canal, then uh, said that. Uh, using the Q-tips can rupture the drum, can dislocate the little chain of bones within the middle ear, and can cause significant hearing loss, and as in the case in Quebec, can result in the spread of infection from the outer ear into the middle ear. Yikes. So Nap. there you go. Death by cotton swab. Twat, I can't hear you. I, I have an ear infection. I have an ear infection. <laughs> I have to go see the dictor. The, the dictor. <laughs> oh my God, that's such an old one. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm 12. <laughs> oh, good night. Okay. All right, that was it. I just want, I felt terrible that I didn't tell you about someone who actually died from a cotton swab when there is someone who did. So Ugh, there awful. you have it, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. What do we want to warn people about this episode? Uh, cotton swabs. Cotton swabs for sure. Don't just stick cotton swabs in your ear anymore. Don't do it. Just really don't put anything in your ear. Don't Is eat cotton balls. Don't eat cotton balls. That's super just, let's, let's just say that's dumb. That's just dumb, people. So the stories, are ready for some? Yeah. I am. Yep. The, the yep. stories discussed in this episode of Drinks with Death were researched using the following websites. Teachinghistory.org. Mar Hicks. M-A-R-H-I-C-K-S dot com pbs.org, newspapers.com, thatslife.com, washingtonpost.com, healthline, youtube, and japanese, Jap- i'm sorry, japantimes.co.jp. All right. And that's it, you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, until next time. That was good and don't don't eat cotton balls. Nothing in your ears. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.